Hello and welcome to TNT, the technology and things podcast. Your host, Paul Ferraro, is a former IT exec and currently a technology advisor. Jeff Kruger, a fellow technology enthusiast, is the co-host. They both spent many years working for a Fortune 500 company and are both passionate about leadership, technology and the community. Well, welcome to another edition of Technology and Things. I'm uh, here today with our CEO of Evotech, which is pretty cool. Our second time having him on, I think a year a year ago we had you on. A little over a year. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it was with uh, John Crothers, wasn't it? Who's, um, who's now an employee. Yeah. And... Um, and Matt Stamper, I think, too. We actually had a few different folks. It was kind of a, I think it was a holiday uh, shindig um, where we were we were doing the uh, the uh, backpacks. Was it the backpacks? It was. Or the, or the food. I forget. Uh, so if it was the holidays, we actually did both of them pretty, pretty close to the yeah. holidays. But um, I bet you it was the, the Feed America. Yeah, so it was a, it was a, it was kind of a wild uh, evening because we had we had a def- definitely a, a few different people we were interviewing and and all that. Uh, but yeah, it's good to have you on again. No, this is fun. So we're gonna have uh, today. We're gonna have uh, Nick Meta, who is the CEO of Gainsight, uh, joining us. He is like a internet celebrity. Uh, if you've been on LinkedIn, you've probably seen him. Uh, he likes to do these walking. Uh, Broadcasts where he walks around his neighborhood and talks about stuff. It's pretty cool, uh, and he does a lot of interviews with CEOs and everything. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, he's 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 an amazing human being. And we've known Nick for we were just talking about it. We've known Nick since 2006, when he was a lowly product manager. So at Symantec. <laughs> so it's it's pretty fun to see where he his career has gone. Now now one of the things I noticed, Paul, is is that there's uh, podcast terminology like fun. Fun is something that you throw out a lot. What are, what other ones should I know about? What other wor- like podcast terminology that that is thrown around a lot? Oh gosh! Like fun is the one that I pick up all the time when I, when I hear these. This is going to be fun. Uh, I see. I see. Exciting. Exciting. It's going to be exciting. Um, you know, we're trying to build up like a some excitement yeah. here right so so that you you continue to listen <laughs> i'm just, I'm just, I'm just uh, so we want to have fun we want to have excitement we yeah. you know if we came on we're like this is going to be terrible we're <laughs> you know we're not very excited about the guest today but kind of, we're just going to power through yeah <laughs> it's like turn off now no i just i just want to understand the terminology yeah yeah well it's we're just trying we're trying to create a buzz we're you know we're excited about our guest but uh, next time you have uh, Amir on this, listen to his words. He, he'll have uh, little terminologies. That Amir is—he's practically. I mean, he's. I think I appointed him a a, a regular host now because he's done it so many times with us. Um, actually, David Kudlowski as well has been uh, on a lot. Uh, we're doing another one uh, tomorrow with with him, uh, and uh, so he's becoming quite a pro as well. So it's interesting that the folks that kind of get get into it and then it they just say it sort of take off uh, you don't have to do much and it's like they're uh they're pretty jazzed look at that nick meta yep, let's bring him on we'll bring him on hope you're enjoying the podcast today but are you worried about ddos threats are you concerned that your website or web application may get bogged down and turn away customers if so 
then you should be using Cloudflare. Cloudflare provides a scalable, easy-to-use, unified control plane to deliver security, performance and reliability for websites, applications and APIs. Trusted by over 26 million internet properties, Cloudflare's platform protects and accelerates any internet application online without adding hardware, installing software or changing the line of code. They specialize in web application firewall, bot management, DDoS protection and VPN replacement technologies. For more information, contact your local Evotech representative and ask to set up a meeting with Cloudflare today or email evotech at cloudflare.com. You see his smiling face. And he's going to have a Paul Ferraro. Hey, buddy. Good to see you, man. Caesar, what's up, man? This is a great reunion. Last time I saw the two of you was in Vegas in 2005 or something. So uh, we, we were just talking about 2006. 2006. That's insane. So long ago. That's I think, I think I, 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 you probably will neither confirm nor deny Caesar that you might've stayed up all night. I think one of those, uh, one of those nights, if I remember. I, I actually had my best, uh, you know, you know, momentum in the blackjack table. I had a run that I won 19 hands in a row. Wow. And I went from, you know, actually having a, a small chip all the way up to $60,000. Wow! Yeah, it was a very Amazing. good run. Now, I, I didn't say, just 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 a side note. I did not take the whole sixty thousand home. I was gonna say, did you leave then or no? No. So the last no, hand I lost, I had uh, five thousand dollars double hand, and I uh, basically had she. Uh, the dealer was showing a six. I had I had two double hand uh, two double down cards that I actually doubled down on. So I got a 19 and a 20. So I put another $5,000 each. And she hit a six card 21. What? Yeah, and, uh, and then I, I, then I tipped her $2,000 for the run. And I took 38 grand you, home. Wow, because you lost 22,000 or something on that I, run? Oh that, my that, gosh. That last hand took $22,000. That is great. I love that you remember the whole story. That's amazing. Yeah, he remembers like every down to the detail. By the way, this wasn't a real casino. This was one of those uh, for fun ones that you do at a, at a party, like a holiday party. <laughs> Just, you know, helping out my boss. I think, I think Nick knows me well enough that he knows it wasn't for fun. <laughs> I'm trying to help you out. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, no, I saw it. I'm pretty sure there was some like event the next morning. I saw Caesar. I was like, okay, you should skip the event. Go back, go to bed or something. So, yeah, it, yeah. it was it was a painful, painful morning, but it was. Oh a fun my morning. gosh! So Nick, I have oh, some questions still- about the setup of yours here. You've got the you've got the chalkboard. I love the chalkboard. I actually have a chalkboard going at my house now too, behind me. This oh, is, nice. I'm at I'm at the office right now, but I've got the chalkboard going. It's been fun to kind of draw stuff and people get a kick out of it. Yes. Fun. It's good. I, although I, it's messy, chalk is messy. So I'm like, okay, I need to get need to get some uh, some wipes or something around. So. Yeah, getting it cleaned is not is not easy. And then you've got some books no. there. What what are these books here? You've got behind you. These are the three books we've published actually on customer success over the years. So the, this is like the first one we published in 2014, 2015. I think this is one um, I I kind of wrote with one of my uh, kind of early execs, and this is one a couple of my uh, kind of executives wrote without me. So. Yeah, we've, we've kind of written some best practice stuff, things like that. So, nice. So I don't know if Paul yeah. knows this. So when I started Evotech, I was at an event in 
in basically uh, San Francisco, and Nick was the guest speaker. And all of that a sudden, was which which event was that? Do you remember? It was it was the Avnet event. Avnet, right? It was right, 2016, yeah, yeah. and all of a sudden, I get this book, and I actually look at the agenda, and it says Nick Meta, and I just smiled. And I'm That's like, crazy. Okay. The stars are aligning. There's a reason why Nick continues to come in and out of my life. Oh, it is amazing. It's been awesome. It's all that Steeler Raider game. That's where, where it really happened. So, hey, you, you we, must, you Caesar must. took me to a Steeler game in, in Oakland in uh, 2000, around that same time frame, 2007, 2008. Yeah. Uh, I actually, no, you know what? It was 2010, I think, because we had just won the Super Bowl and then we laid an egg and Ben threw a pick six against the Raiders and we lost the game. So did you wear your that. Steelers outfit there? I did. Oh. Caesar, uh, Caesar, uh, will remember. Well, I did. We all wore it. And, uh, it was, was interesting. His bodyguard. Some, yeah, he was. He Some was, of those places one, are so. scary. <laughs> no, no, Dude, Oakland's, the, Oakland's scary. Oh, it's, the, it's, Oakland's a scary, scary. it's a scary stadium. when you wear it's 99.9%. Well, it's funny, even wearing a Chargers uniform at the Chargers stadium sometimes when, yeah, when different teams come, scary. you're like, totally, hey, totally. I, I'm on my home turf here, buddy. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> kind of Chargers. And char those two, actually, Raider-Charger games are probably the most intense <laughs> games out there. So, yeah, the Raider, the Raider in, the, in its heyday, the Raider uh, fan base, there's there's definitely some people that have done some time in prison in, in that, in that uh, Coliseum. So you've got, you've got some people that know how to use a shiv or who had to kind of take you down. So... <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. So you must be really happy with your Steelers, nine and zero. Oh my God, it's crazy, huh? It's like nine and zero. It's never happened for us. So it's never. Are happened. you, Paul? Are you? A, are you a never? Yeah, Paul. Are you a Charger fan? Uh, I'm not really a huge sports guy. I I, okay. I sort of watch here and there, and uh, yeah. you know, I because I I kind of I kind of want to give like a Chargers fan a hug because I feel bad for them. <laughs> it's a it is brutal being a Charger fan. It's like I'm just Justin Herbert guy is amazing, and like the fact that they lose every game is insane. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what? I I really believe that that San Diego sooner or later will get that team back. I mean, oh yeah, well it, now it, it's it's yeah. going to be a bad. I mean, it's a bad move to LA. Oh, moving to LA was so yeah. It's like yeah. who can, LA doesn't care about sports, like not at all. I mean, and they got the Rams now, so they don't need two football teams. Yeah, it's weird. But I'm actually I think it's kind of cool the Raiders in Vegas. I'm excited to go. Some, whenever travel starts again and go to Vegas and go see a game there. That that's it looks really fun. My, my favorite part of that whole story is they're not even doing kind of a, a partial opening this season because basically they want to, when they actually have their opening game over there, they want to actually do it with the Big Bang, right? So I, have you seen Oh, a, that's interesting. Yeah, have you ever seen I haven't a, seen it. Have you seen a Knights game? A hockey game in Vegas? No. It's basically, no. It's basically hockey meets Cirque du Soleil. It is such, wow. it's such an amazing experience, right? Oh, that's awesome. Because they have all the pyrotechnics and things like that. Is that the... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, but we actually uh, met up over at the USC Cal game. And yeah, I remember that. I yeah, totally remember that. Well, it, wasn't, it, wasn't it raining that day? It, it, was, it like, was raining. Yeah. And yeah. you actually had uh, a lot of your family with you. Right. Yeah. I, I want to say you had some friends, some old old friends. You had yeah. Yeah. That's right. You had your brother. I think you had a brother-in-law. Yeah. I think you had. I think you had the family going. Yeah. And I remember coming and 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 talking to you and and um, you introduced me to your brother-in-law and and uh, basically the conversation. I asked. I said, "So how, how did you meet Monica?" And I don't know. Do you remember the story? 
I, oh, I know that's that oh, no, story, no, no. I don't know what so, I told you. I don't he knows how he met Monica. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so we, we start talking about it, and you're like, yeah, you know, we I kind of, you know, you know, kind of, we kind of snuck out, and we went to this rock concert, yeah. and we actually met, blah, 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 and it was so really against my culture, and we just went, and we just did it, and we had a fantastic time, and, and the story was really cool, Paul. Like, the story was awesome, and then I asked the question, I said, so what rock concert did you go to? And then he got really quiet, just really, really quiet. And he goes, Joel. And I'm yep. like, that's not a Joel. rock concert. Awesome. Joel. Joel is good, but that is not a rock concert. Did I, did actually, I, actually, was Caesar, it Joel? you got it almost right. It was Joel and Sarah McLaughlin <laughs> and Alanis Morissette. It was called Lilith Fair. Oh. And it was like a power, power girl, oh. power kind of thing. So it was the funniest, yeah. And actually, what's funny about that story, Caesar, is tomorrow is our literally tomorrow is our twenty year wedding anniversary. Oh. So uh, from the Jewel concert to, to you know twenty years, more than twenty years later. So oh, yeah, crazy. Thanks, but, but I yeah, love I love that story because it sounded so awesome. Like you're, it was so cool. And then I was like, rock concert. Caesar wanted you to say yeah. ACDC or something. <laughs> yeah, like I know, totally. Yeah. DNR, no, like I, Ozzy Osbourne. Story. Right. right, I was yeah, there Ozzy. when when the, totally. you know, the pigeon or the bat. I, he the just the, the head snake. Off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that that is by far my favorite story, Nick. That's awesome, man. It's so great. It's so fun to see you both. Yeah. It has been it's been fun. Actually, I feel like I see you all the time, Nick. I watch I like on your Twitter. Uh, your right. yeah, Twitter yeah. is awesome and then uh I like your your walking broadcast that you do when you walk. Oh yeah. That yeah. you walk around your neighborhood and and rap about, you know, what's going on or what's coming yeah. up. Or... I I'm sure my neighbors are really like what's wrong with this guy? He's talking to himself on his phone. <laughs> it's There's really guy again cuz they're all home. <laughs> that guy. The, there's that guy totally. from next door. He's on that his... guy. That, that, he's a crazy guy. Who he's always he's taking selfies. <laughs> he's taking selfie videos. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's 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 been pretty cool to to be able to see. That's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was, and I know you, you talked to you talked to your in in your interviews that you do about uh, you know kind of the the personal side that you that you bring out when you when you, on Twitter or whatever where you're, right. you're actually providing some of your own uh, personal commentary on things that are going on in the world which is which is kind of pretty rare uh, amongst CEOs yeah CEOs typically historically I think it's changing but historically I think that was rare for sure yeah, yeah. and and so wh how did that like how did you what kind of clicked for you with with that like when yeah. did you start kind of going like, hey, I need to get out there and, and kind of speak my mind? Well, it's interesting. It's, it was really a journey that that it ha that evolved over time, even going back to my last company. You know, so, you know, I've always, I mean, was fortunate to work with Caesar at, at Symantec and I had a great, at Veritas, I had a great time. And what I loved was leading a team, you know, I love people and kind of really creating a culture and all that. And so that kind of got me like just loving that concept of helping to bring people together. And then I went to run my first company, this company called Live Office uh, Data Archive, as you probably remember. And I, I um, in running that company, we it was the first time I'd really brought my own kind of bought a set of values into the company. So we had these three values, service, reliability, and compassion. And, you know, the company didn't have a, a explicit values before. So I kind of brought those into the company. And I was like, oh, this is great. It really helps bring people together. It helps people have an identity and things like that. So then I, you know, every time you, you do it again, you do try to do better. So then I came into Gainsight 
Um, and I, I didn't found Gainsight, but I joined like almost at the very beginning. So I'm sort of almost like a founder, but basically joined as we were getting started as a CEO. And I basically wanted to do kind of values from day one. So we have these five values, you know, golden rule, treat people the way you'd want to be treated, success for all, which means drive a business where everyone wins, you know, customers, employees, families, et cetera. Um, childlike joy, which means bring the kid new to work every day. Shoshin, which is a word for beginner's mind, meaning like always be open to new ideas. And then stay thirsty, my friends, which may or may not be copied from a TV commercial, but is basically about ambition. And so we, we those values were there from basically brought them in at the beginning. So like literally with you know, 10 people and you know, have these values of the company you want to be. And then a couple, three or four years in, we uh, maybe it's five years in, I, we, we were kind of going through our annual planning and we said, hey, uh, let's frame up those values in this idea of like what people call a company purpose. What's the purpose of our company, right? It was literally, there was a, form we were filling out of our company plan and it was like the strategy and the you know values and the the goals and there was like purpose we're like oh well we need to figure out our purpose right so what's the purpose of the company and that's where i kind of went down this sort of i guess rabbit hole a little bit where the reality is that we are selling enterprise software <laughs> we, we think it's great enterprise software helps people etc but we're not moderna you know uh, curing covid Right, and we're not like some company like we're not Elon Musk flying a car, you're flying to Mars, right? You know, we're a software company, and so what could our purpose be? Something beyond just what we do, and it went into this. We went through this, you know, kind of. If you ever seen Simon Sinek, he has this really famous TED talk called "Start with Why," and it, we talked about maybe it's not about what we do, it's about why we do it. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you looked at our values, and even looked at my past, even looked at my time at Semantic, there is one theme which is like trying to be human, trying to like treat people as human beings and not just think of this as like a different business world from like our personal life, not just like, you know, bring a totally different personality to work, like really bring yourself to work. And so we basically through lots of deliberation said, hey, this is human first culture. The idea that we're all human beings first, whether you're talking about your customers, you're talking about your investors, your your employees, their families, our community, it's all human beings. We, a lot of businesses have lost sight of that. And so we wrote down our purpose statement was to be living proof that you can win in business while being human first. You don't have to be like this totally different person at work to be successful. That was the, that was the idea. And so that was, you know, four or five years ago, we announced it to the company, people loved it and really motivated people. And then we, we, we kind of took a step out, you know, just to be a little more brave because we're big into vulnerability. And at like maybe the next customer conference, what we call Pulse, um, our big event, we had you know thousands of people in the audience and i basically talked about this story of kind of human first and why it mattered and i talked about a personal story which is just like i had this whole kind of fun anecdote of like my parents are amazing and they do love me but there's many times where they indicate that they want me to do more and achieve more there was this <laughs> funny story about you might have heard before my parents say you know basically i was 40 years old and they're like you know you still have a chance to do something with your life yeah. nick you know etc if you do you know and so my parents kind of have like always been this sort of motivating factor behind me and you know if you look in the background you've got albert einstein poster above my my head here this is the poster that literally was above my bed when i was a kid growing up and then i they shipped it from our old house to here and so there's sort of all this pressure to do something significant with your life right and so basically what i told our customers was i have this like constant demon inside me that's i'm not doing enough i'm not doing enough and and then i figured out well maybe if in a small way if we can inspire people to have a more human approach to business, maybe we can do a little bit. Like it's not, we're not, we're still not curing COVID. We're still not flying to Mars. We're dust in the grand scheme of things, but you know, maybe a little bit of dust that has an impact. And so then what I decided to do over time is let's profile leaders that have this human first mindset. And I started with, with COVID this year, we thought, okay, human first is more important than ever. It's never been more 
more important to be a truly human leader. And so I started this series called Human First CEO, where I interview CEOs um, pretty much every week, sometimes twice a week. And I've been, it's been amazing. I've interviewed the CEO of Okta and Slack and DocuSign and Twilio and Box. And, and I mean, it's like who's who of tech CEOs. Yeah, yeah. And I don't talk about their business and their technology. I talk about how do you think about treating your team as human beings? How do you think about your role in the community? How do you think about treating your customers as human beings? And it's been awesome. It's been, I think it, in two ways. Number one, it's inspiring to see all these people and how they're thinking about too. But also I do think it's rubbing off on people in a small way. I think that concept is resonating. So, yeah, and, I, I, and yeah. It's, it's such a refreshing thing to to watch. I watched the one uh, yesterday with uh, the Okta CEO. Yeah, Todd. Todd yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's nice to not be like, you know, in the weeds on some new security technology what are we how are we connecting this to that or or, you know it's like it's a whole different sort of conversation different mindset yeah and i agree and you you learn a lot more about the company we've been doing that too we actually got a chance to interview the chief customer officer of tanium Um, oh yeah and he was fantastic too and it was all about like you ask people like what's important they start talking about people and their culture and this it's like yeah oh this is great sometimes you ask people that and they start going down you know the their technical roadmap <laughs> and you're like right yeah well, okay <laughs> so yeah I totally the sales pitch that. yeah that's why yeah. i love no, exactly, you because yeah. i i think it's uh it's it's i don't know i i, I it resonates with me because i worked for a large corporation for so long and you do get that like you're you're a, you're part of this this company corporate culture and you, you it's breaking out of that is not easy you know to be like yourself and and to speak your That's mind right. you're like out of you're outside at a party and you're like yeah pretty much you got to keep your opinions you know kind of to yourself yeah. I mean, you're not even on twitter you're just at someone's yeah. house <laughs> and and so uh, it's definitely been a transformation trying to get a, get out of that mindset no i think that the greatest tax on human beings is not being able to be themselves that's like it just in, in general and by the way we're a tiny part of you know solving that but like that is the thing that holds people back, whether it's, you know, women being able to be themselves and you know, professionally or obviously underrepresented minorities being able to be themselves and achieve whatever they want to LGBTQ people. Like there's so many parts of the world where people can't be themselves. And, you know, I think businesses can change that. Yeah. So I, I do have a follow up question on something that you said that I want to actually hit on. So, uh, you know, one of the books I'm actually reading right now is uh, Jay Shetty's book, Think Like a Monk. I don't know if you. Oh, I, oh, I haven't read that. I should check it out. Yeah, but one of the things that he actually says is, coming from you know basically an Indian family, you know his parents are always like, "When are you going to do something with your life?" And he's like, "Yeah, I talk to hundreds of thousands of people a day, right? I motivate people, and it's so I, I always I always tell people, you know, kind of being, you know, first generation, second generation, people think differently. How do you think that's uh, you know kind of uh, you know you know, altered your life, right? When you have parents that put so much pressure, um, but but they do it from a loving standpoint, but it's also, I mean, do you ever feel like you're not enough? Do you feel like you're not moving? Enough, oh my God. Right? Oh, oh, only every single day. Uh, it's kind of funny, the, um, the, yeah, 100%. And it's not just my parents, you know, it's me. And there's actually um, a personality test called Enneagram, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. It's really good. And it's actually quite popular for CEOs. And you basically get to like, identify where does your identity come from? There's nine numbers somebody could be aligned to. So we get one of those nine numbers. I'm a three. It's quite common for a CEO. And a three basically defines their self-worth by achievement, how much have I achieved? And usually it comes from your upbringing, your parents. And so 
100% every day of my life. I don't feel like I'm enough all the time. Um, and, you know, I also have some level of philosophicals and that I also know I am enough. So I kind of these two, you know, conflicting sides um, as a as a sort of funny story. My um, my we had it. So we had, we had pre COVID. We had uh, dinner parties at our house and we always like to have these um, parties where we don't talk about the trivial stuff. So you're not allowed to talk about vacations or kids or whatever. You talk, talk about something that's really like like deeply inside you. And so we ask one question every time and everyone goes around and talks about that question. So Monika, my wife asked the question, um, you know, what, what will you need to have accomplished or done in your life so that when you're 70, 80, 90 years old, you'll feel like satisfied? And I, I everyone went around and said, oh, you know, something with the kids or something work. Right? And I was like, honestly, nothing. I'll never be satisfied. Um, that's just who I am. Um, and I said, and the, the joke I made was, I said, um, unless you know, I'm so important in the history of humankind that they put my face on Mount Rushmore and then they decide that I'm so, so important and so famous that they decide to rename the moon after me. <laughs> I don't know, I came up with that. And I said, they call, and so people go outside and say, it's a beautiful Nick outside tonight instead of beautiful moon. So anyways, the reason I tell you the story, our friend Anna, who's unbelievably balanced and present and, and totally the opposite of me, she, she gives me this gift um, where she basically takes a, a photo of Mount Rushmore and like, photoshops my face on it and a photo of the moon and photoshops my face on it and then gives me this letter i wish i could t read the whole thing but the spirit of the letter is um you are enough you are born enough nothing you can ever achieve do accomplish fail will ever change who you really are and so caesar i yes the like that the question is the heart of who i am it's that constant battle between being enough and recognizing i am enough um and uh yeah it, but, but I think, the, you know, what's good is I've come to a lot of awareness of it, you know, which is, I, I think, of an important part of it. But, you know, the, the funny thing about it is uh, another story. I was actually talking to Nick uh, probably about seven years ago, eight years ago. And we we're just talking about family. And we're talking. We're just on the phone and uh, we're talking about uh, math and how important it is for kids and. And all of a right. sudden, Nick is telling me about this Khan Academy and how his kids are doing all these crazy things. And I go home and I tell my tell my wife, I'm like, we got to do better with our kids. And I started doing all this research. And I don't know if you remember that story, but here, here's a, I remember here, that conversation. Here, yeah. here, here's a here, here's a here's a uh, interesting tidbit uh, or, or trivia. Seventy percent of all new millionaires in America. What do they have in common, Nick? Something related to immigration? You hit it on the head. 70% of them are first generation. So, mm -hmm. you know, they come into our country and they go, oh my God, so much opportunity. And then you have yeah, fifth, right. sixth generation people that go, I won't do that. There's no way I would do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. You know what? There's not <laughs> enough opportunity. This, oh my God, you know, America sucks, right? And totally. we have such, totally. such a different value system, right? And um, I, I just always appreciate, you know, kind of when I do actually talk to first generation, second generation people, how they actually view things, right? There's a drive for sure. Yeah, and a lot of people have it, obviously, that aren't immigrants, but I, I do agree that's a very big part of it. And, you know, just in the news this week, like I, I saw the, you know, the people that discovered the, the Moderna vaccine are immigrants, right? So it's like we literally might have lives saved in America because of immigrants. So, is it, is yeah. it the Moderna or the Pfizer one? Because my wife actually maybe said, it was Pfizer. Yeah, the, the maybe one it was Pfizer. It was Pfizer. One of them. The yeah. reason why is they're my, Turkish. They're Turkish. Yeah, and my wife made Turkish. A big that's deal it. Out. You're right. It was my, the Pfizer my, one. My that's wife it. made a yeah. big deal. So, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> everything in our family is, you know, the Turks 
created it, right? Like, so like Santa Claus was <laughs> created by the Turks and she will literally like fight you. It's like uh, my, my like big- Like the Greek, yeah. My, my big it comes from the Greek word, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So I always tease her where she really gets into this. I actually pull out some Windex and I start spraying her like the Greek people did in that movie and it pisses her off, right? But she'll oh, tell me the, the greatness of the Ottoman Empire. And, so can you start like a reality TV show of your house just like oh, live streaming? Uh, that'd be pretty funny. I'd I, love to see that. Yeah, it's actually I've been over there a couple times and it's it's fun. It's fun <laughs> watching the way he interacts with Didi and you know he's almost like totally different. It's just seeing him there. He's kind of like that's hey, so cool. It's very cool. I think it would be great. It's almost you know. Did you ever see the Aussie uh, the Aussie one? The oh, the, living the, with that the reality Osborne. TV show with the Aussie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The back, it was like, whoa, Aussie is like totally kind of just walking around the house. He's having a snack. Right, just a regular guy. Yeah, yeah totally. and his wife, and he's, just, really he's, getting, he's getting busted on by his wife and kids, just like everybody yeah. else does. It was like, this is so cool. It's like, it's Ozzy, but it's, nobody cares. No, no, he even said, it's cool. I'm the prince of darkness, and I'm getting in trouble for yeah. like... <laughs> Like I'm getting yelled at, and I'm the Prince of Darkness. How is this even happening? Yeah. So I think that's I something. So, so Nick, the other thing that actually hit me was is that in uh, May June timeframe, uh, you know what? We actually also did our value statement and our mission oh, statement. Oh, awesome! And one of the things that I was actually reading was, have you ever read the book Traction? No, actually, give me a lot of good ideas, though. So yeah, Traction no, actually talks a lot about, you know, making sure that you write down your mission statement, that your employees get involved. And then that same time, I, I read Simon Sinek, you know, starting with mm -hmm. why. And those two yeah. books actually started, you know, are, are basically our, our value statement and our, and our mission statement and, and why That's do we awesome. do what we do. And, uh, what was your, what's your mission statement? Uh, so, so our, our, the the first one our value our values the the big ones we have six of them right mm -hmm. uh, the first one starts off with integrity right you know mm -hmm. you know everybody in the company if they're if they're not doing what they're saying they're going to do uh, you know we just don't want them there right yeah um, the the other the other big one for me is is the community part right so we started two nonprofits this year um, one is uh, getting women in tech right because there oh, is such nice. a, there's awesome. such a you know a big gap in that. Right. Uh, so what we're actually doing is we're actually starting scholarships to get, actually get young women into into tech. Right. And to actually That's start awesome. them off early. And then and then if all of a sudden, you know, there there's a there's a mentorship program. So if Paul was the mentor, he'd spend you know the whole four years with somebody in college to make sure there's a, there's internship programs to make sure that once they once they finish up, there's a job waiting for them. Right. Uh, the, the the other ones are our drive, which uh, innovation uh, mm -hmm. evolve, and then there is which one am I missing? I don't know. Uh, commitment. Good, nice. Right. So we're going to be rolling out uh, in January. Uh, we're going to actually be rolling out. We're actually putting our whole mission statement. We actually rolled it out to our employees already. But we're we're gonna we're gonna actually put it in all our powerpoints. We're gonna actually put it everywhere to make sure that people are living living what we talk. See, about. that's awesome, Caesar, because I think that's a big thing I've learned. And Paul, you've observed this is it's not just internal. Like your customers care about your values and your purpose and you know who you are 
they want to buy from companies that they believe in, you know, more than ever. So I think that's that's really cool. You're putting in your PowerPoints and things like that. Yeah, because that stuff matters, right? right? It really does. And, yeah. And, and what what what's the, what's what matters the most is when our employees see, you know, it's it's easy for people to say, you know, what, you know, I love you, but are your actionables are your actions yeah. lovable? This is what I tell my daughter exactly. all, at all the same time. You can hear have lots of boys tell you that they love you, but are their actions showing that right don't listen to good, the words good advice right my dad that's and, good and you know we had to let go of people here at Evotech. they're really talented people but they didn't know how to treat their employees they would talk down totally. on employees they would yeah. blow upon people they would you know they would lie to our customers right so those are the people that we you know we get we, you know you know i have a saying it's not who you hire it's who you who you let go of right mm-hmm. Uh, I think the other thing that, you know, and also, Nick, I wasn't one of those people, just so you know, uh, uh, that <laughs> I think the other thing is, is it's, it's when you let somebody go and how, how that, how you do it, that is, is also interesting. And, and totally, it, it says a lot about a company and I, and I had to uh, do some of that early on in the, in, when I joined here and I was really impressed with, with how we went about that. We, we, we could have gone a certain way. We really went, I think, the high road way of, of handling it. And, and uh, it was re- nice to see that kind of right off the bat that I was like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. This yeah. is pretty cool. And, so I, I think that's important. Yeah. And I think it's what you say, Nick, you know, you know, be human. Treat people like yeah. like 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 they're human. Right. Yeah. yeah. Shouldn't be hard. It's so well. It's so well said. And I think another example of that, because I agree with you both that like it's these pivotal moments where you show, you know, whether you're doing this stuff or just talking about it. I think another example is actually when somebody decides to leave your company. So the the opposite, opposite. and yeah, you know, I've seen some CEOs who are like, "Oh, I'm never talking to them again. You're dead to me. Why are you betraying me?" Right? And it's like my my I have the same. I've had lots of people leave my teams and companies. It's just totally normal. It's like that's just life. In fact, we all do it too. So it's weird. I always find it weird when leaders are upset about it. And I I have the same thing every time. Number one, thank you for all you've done for us. Number two, congratulations, because I'm excited that you're going somewhere great. And number three, like, you know, obviously, what can we learn for the future, et cetera, but really try to focus on them because for them, it's an exciting moment. And they're like dreading telling you because they're like, oh, I have to tell my boss they're going to be upset and try to convince me why I'm doing making a dumb decision. And yeah, I think think there's such an opportunity. The fact that they're actually telling you is huge right there from the, you know, that's so huge. And it, it definitely needs to be like even that needs to be sort of congratulated because yeah they don't have to do that right they don't necessarily they don't have to come and sort of say hey here's what i'm thinking about and and i think that is nice when it it goes the way that you meant you kind of walked us through you know early on evotech i actually used to i used to go kind of way overboard i used to go onto linkedin and actually thank them for their service and actually wish them good luck. And I would literally yeah. go overboard. And I'd put a picture of them and saying, hey, we couldn't do what you, you know, without you for the last two years. Thank you. And then I had a couple of people say, ah, oh, that's a little too much. <laughs> so we stopped. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to find the line. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, that's great, though. It's better to be a little too much than too little, I think. So, so you guys both, uh, you guys both went to college. I had a question. So you guys, I think uh, Caesar went to Cal State Fullerton. Mighty, mighty, mighty Fullerton. Yep. The mighty Fullertons. <laughs> yeah, t- uh, our mascot's Tuffy. Tuffy. It's a Is it elephant. really Tuffy? Tuffy the elephant. Wow. Wow. Learn something new. And Nick, you you went to Harvard, I think. Yeah. 
So I'm, I'm sitting here with two CEOs. What, what's, you know, what's the take? What, what, I mean, what should we take away from here? I mean, you guys both are running successful companies. Uh, you know, what can we learn from this? Caesar? I mean, uh, you know, so I actually saw another, <laughs> I saw another stat is uh, 96% of all billionaires never, never graduated from college. Right. Wow. Right. So that, that one's kind of interesting. That is actually shocking to me. Wow. Yeah. So if you look at like the, you know, the, you know, oh, Gates, Musk. Yeah. yeah. If you look yeah. at most of them, they, you know, the big ones, right. They, they, they didn't graduate from uh, college. They, they dropped out. They had a good business idea. Um, you, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it's interesting. I think, I think, I think it also comes back from at least, least hearing our stories. Nick, you probably, if you probably didn't go to Harvard, you probably was like a big failure in, in, in when you were growing up in the sense of how your parents, uh, you know, raised oh. you. From from my end, uh, I, you know, my 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 my, uh, my dad's from South America, and I was obligated to actually go and find a job. I wasn't even obligated to go to college. When I decided to go to college, mm. they were disappointed that I wasn't I wasn't literally. You know, going to go start making money right exactly. away. Yeah. Um, wow. And, That's a, yeah, you know, such a they, different. They totally. believed that yeah. my my kids should have had that dream of going to college and I was supposed to help. Right. So I went to commuter school and I had to pay for school all on my own. Um, and, you know, I had I had I had an opportunity to actually uh, go to USC. I don't know if I ever told you the story. No. So I actually got accepted to USC. Wow. And uh, I just couldn't afford it. Right. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, I look at you know these these amazing schools as as just not the school itself, but I would imagine Nick, your network of people is is just overflowing, right? Oh yeah, yeah. There's so much. I mean, there's so. Paul, to your going to your question, I mean, there's there's obviously um, lots of great things, and then Harvard's great, but um, the, yeah, there's definitely like a privilege aspect to this. I mean, my parents totally exactly they they set the bar on you know <laughs> going to a great college, and then they. You know, I had the SAT prep person and, uh, you know, was in a good public neighborhood with great, good schools. And my parents paid for college. So like, which is a ton of money. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's a definitely, you know, two different sort of just life paths based on privilege and what my parents did. Um, I, I do think there's a lot that you get just, you know, right, wrong or different. You get networks and stuff like that, um, which are are there. I also get lifelong friends, which I think everyone, hopefully most people get through college. So I still am one of my favorite things is I still have my three roommates or actually four roommates I'm super close to. And now with the pandemic, every Sunday night we do a Zoom call and revert to being 18 year old boys. So <laughs> it does seem like no matter what school you went to, that the friendships that you made and that people made in college was is huge. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think for a lot of people, yeah. I mean, I think that's true because you just before you ever had your identity and your career and whatever you've got these people right it's actually very, very special it's hard to hard to replicate that later in life i think with other friends yeah, yeah. so so how many siblings do you know i know your brother yeah uh, you have a brother right just yeah. one sibling yeah so you just sibling. have you, you have a, you have a younger brother younger brother three years younger yeah and, and where did he go to college if i could ask where he he went to duke okay um so he was yeah he, he did great in school as well and then went to duke and then went to law school and so He's uh, lives in the Midwest now as as a lawyer. Yeah, what what I love about his story and 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 you know, what his story is is that he got into tech, but it wasn't his passion. Yeah, and that's exactly and right. You know what? And you remember? And, and yeah. You know what? He was a product manager also at Semantic, 
Yeah. And you know, one day he woke up and like, you know, this is Nick's passion, not my passion, and I'm living yeah. somebody else's dream. Wow. And I'm gonna go and go back, go back to school and follow my dream. And which I always always admired, right? Because he had That's a very awesome successful you remember that. Yeah, he had a very successful career in tech. Oh yeah, he could have totally been a you know executive or whatever. Yeah, totally right. Yeah, he decided he wanted to go after what he wants to. And, and I don't think we ever stopped. By the way, we all we all like you know, he's still trying to figure out. You know, I, I, you know, there's new things you want to try every day. Actually, I, I just read a great book called Range, which is um, really good. I highly recommend. It. It's about very optimistic about this. Sounds like you read it. It's about this idea that like we have this image in our heads of the the best success is like you figure something out when you're a little kid and you do it your whole life and you become great like as an example tiger woods being on you know the tonight show at two years old and you know hitting a, a putt or something and then you know he's who he is right and obviously there are some people like that in you know certain sports or chess or you know certain areas where you just do it your whole life but the reality is a lot of people have had great success trying lots of different things and eventually you know kind of landing on something sometimes when they're 50 years old or 60 years old so it's not, I left that book thinking it's not too late. You can, you can still do a lot more. I can still do a lot more, which is good. That's good to hear, Nick. I was, we're, we're worried about you. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly. You got to talk to my, talk to my parents. Yeah. <laughs> you could be doing more, Nick. You know, I, I, you, you need to read. This is helpful yourself. therapy. <laughs> helpful therapy, guys. I appreciate it. You could be doing more, Nick. I like that. So, so how did you become a Steelers fan? I'm just curious. I mean, grew up in I, Pittsburgh I, I, and, that's the the main export of Pittsburgh is annoying Steeler fans. So I'm one of the annoying Steeler fans that, that, that I, I'm that crazy, insane diehard fan. I literally have not missed watching a game, whether either on TV or in, in person uh, for 25 years, something like that. So that's my streak, like every wherever it is, every Sunday, every Thursday, every Monday, wherever it is, we could be on vacation. We've watched games from our anniversary trips. Luckily, my wife is from Pittsburgh too, and she's amazing and everything scheduled around them. We don't fly during the games. We don't, yeah, it doesn't wow. matter. I think it's, I saw you, didn't you set time. up some kind of uh, system in your backyard? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just got one of those outdoor TVs that can, like you can watch even with the sun. And uh, so, you know, a couple, my brother-in-law, a couple of people can come over six feet apart and COVID safe, we can watch a game together, which is pretty fun, so. Nice, that's commitment. That's that, yeah, exactly. Holy crap. <laughs> You know, I, I do have a question. I, I know you've worked with a yeah. lot of great leaders, right? I mean, you worked with Enrique, JDAPT, Francis de Sousa, right. right? You know, how how do you keep connected, and what do you look for when you when you decide to have a mentor, right? And and what and what is that relationship like in in your eyes? Yeah, I had a good conversation with somebody recently about this. I think I think some people do have a mentor, right? Like they have a somebody who's their mentor. And I think that's awesome. You know, I think that is great. I believe a lot of leaders, especially nowadays, what it is, is you actually try to pick the vignettes of each person and learn from them, right? And so it's not like one mentor. It's like, oh my gosh, there's so many great leaders. So, you know, Caesar and I both worked at this company, Veritas, which got bought by Symantec. And, you know, we had lots of leaders. I, you know, Caesar, you may or may not remember, Jeremy Burton was our CMO. And he, actually, I just interviewed him on an event just yesterday. And I learned from him how to be like an incredible marketer. Like how do you take kind of boring technology? Cause objectively some of this stuff is all software or whatever. How do you make it fun and interesting? And you know, he had, he did some great events back in the day of Veritas. And I learned from, you know, um, John Thompson, how to just have that amazing presence. John was the CEO of Symantec, like amazing presence. And Enrique was just an unbelievable 
bundle of energy and just obviously great at sales and connecting with people. And you know, over the years, I've learned from so many different CEOs that I've met. And I kind of feel like I want to just take the best ideas from each of them. Um, so I have never had, a, I would call a mentor per se, but I've, I've been really lucky to learn from so many. Have you read uh, The Billionaire uh, Coach? By, uh, you know, it's oh, just, I want to read that. That's on my list. Yeah. Did you read it? Is it yeah, good? It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I'll definitely read it then. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so he was, a, he was a football coach. It was uh, the old CEO from Intuit, uh, Bill Campbell. Oh, yeah. Bill Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, by the way, also big, big Pittsburgh guy. He grew up in Pittsburgh. So he was a big Steeler fan too. So absolutely. But, but you, you'll get, a, <laughs> you'll get, a, you'll get a lot of good little tidbits and uh, the book. I'll read that. That's book, good. Books, books really, really good. He, awesome. he was he was uh, he was a mentor of uh, of the Google Kids. Oh yeah, uh, Eric Larry, Schmidt Larry, and Larry, yeah, Larry Schmidt. Page and, and then yeah. also with Eric Schmidt. Right. Yeah, and also t- tons of other CEOs. He's like a legend. Yeah, legendary CEO. Uh, that's one of the, one of the things I I loved about my previous life was being able to go have the dinners and and <laughs> meetings with all these amazing CEOs uh, over the years it was really cool. Like so, that was my, I absolutely love that kind of stuff. Just to kind of, like too. you said, yeah, get that yeah. little nugget of something or, or even when I used to meet with Nick, I mean, over the years, it was like, you just get little things like, oh, I like the way that you look at this or you, that you handle this kind right. of situation. And you can kind of take that and put it in your toolbox and try to, you know, try to replicate it. Yeah. Uh, so we, we had, we had a cool opportunity, Nick, that we actually had, uh, we actually had dinner over at JWT's house. It was, it was. Oh. It was myself, Paul, awesome. and two other, uh, you know, executives from Qualcomm, and That's I, great. I, I remember calling my wife afterwards, and f- basically said, you know what, I, I literally, because John, I mean, he, he hunts, he has a bunch of cattle that he actually, I right, mean, he had a garden. I mean, he was cooking for us, right? And he cooked it. Wow! I, and That's then he awesome. had all these cars, and he was he was actually doing the. The, the mechanics in the cars and all that he was doing all, and I was like okay so that's a man I don't know what I am but I'm totally yeah, right. I've never I've never felt more emasculated in my life so I just said I feel emasculated hearing that story <laughs> yeah. but it was uh it was it was, it was I like, was most impressed that that he that he grilled the steaks himself yeah I was like that it really was like impressive. that uh the the in the magazine where it's like the stars they shop you know they they go to the yeah. gas station it's like whoa he knows how to grill I, you know <laughs> it was so stupid but there's more than i do that's amazing yeah wow. yeah and in his brandy room oh yeah he's ridiculous yeah it was, it was that was that sounds fun that sounds awesome yeah, yeah. there's some other funny stories that i'll tell you offline Okay, yeah. that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> There's better stories, but I was I was just super super impressed, and that was the time. So this was in 2008, 2007, because this is the time. So he had a bunch of pictures of him and Obama. I don't know if you remember that. Yes. Yeah, and so this wow. was the time that the rumor was that he was going to be uh, chosen to be Secretary of Commerce. I remember that right? time. And yeah. he yeah. was, it, it, so this was afterwards. This is afterwards. This is probably like, must have been like 2011 or something. Yeah. Like so that. he's telling us yeah. a story. And I guess the chief of staff really kind of did some things from an integrity standpoint that just really pissed off JWT. And he's like, done, won't do it. Right. Wow. Uh, but he actually told us this whole story. And it was just, it was phenomenal. 
It was a, it was a it was a really cool. That is incredible. That's really, so cool really to hear hear those stories. One of the re- one of the reasons I joined the company, Nick, uh, I joined Evotech was because Caesar remembers more of my previous <laughs> like my life than I do. So then he. I am actually honestly, it's funny, Caesar. You have a phenomenal memory for stories. I'm really impressed. It's, that, that's yeah. what got me through college, Nick. That's the only thing, this is, the only thing that got me through is, college. It's incredible. Seriously, I don't think I've ever seen anyone with that kind of memory. Yeah. That he can do yeah. this with, too, is... is, is incredible. And vivid detail in some of these stories, right? Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, that's awesome. That is a superpower. So it's, a, it's also... It gives me the ability to blackmail a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. I wouldn't want to be on your bad list. I, yeah. Guys, I get a... Uh, Gonna send you a bottle of wine or something. <laughs> so I'll remember that bottle uh, of wine. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it was it was awesome. I remember when we went down to his wine cellar. Uh, uh yeah, I do. That have you ever been to his house? Uh, no, no, that's no. I'm assuming so, it's, so it's, it's in, in Woodside. It's in Woodside, right? Yeah. Woodside, right? Yeah, right. So he has this wine cellar. He has sixty five hundred dollars, sixty five hundred bottles of wine. They're all RFID. Jeez. So he has this whole wow. database. And then the first bottle that we actually had, you remember the picture of him and Dana Carvey? No. So he had a picture of Dana Carvey and he has this bottle of wine and it's just up and, and I said, ah, oh, that's cool. And he goes, I paid a million dollars for that bottle. I was like, wow. <laughs> Did you drink a million dollar bottle? No, no, we probably, oh, drank, we probably drank like a two. I think it was a charity event that it was that he donated. Oh, it was like one of those things yeah, where he got yeah, this yeah, nice yeah. wine, but yeah, 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 that is, Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I try to I try to talk Paul and going back and, and taking it. <laughs> the wine that he used to order at st- places, I'd be like I'd be like, John, I, I I'm not I don't don't spend more than a hundred dollars. Like I don't know yeah. the difference. Yeah. Please. I'm the I'm just you're wasting your money on me. Seriously, I'm the same <laughs> way as you, Paul. It won't, you can give me the two two dollar uh, Trader Joe's two buck chuck stuff and I wouldn't even know. So, so. Th- this is my favorite JWT Paul story. So we're in Vegas. This is probably 2009, 10. And um, all of a sudden, you remember uh, JWT's uh, Advent Gina? Yes, yeah. So totally. I, was, I was texting her and she said, hey, uh, if you're available, and this is like at 1130 at night, if you're available, uh, JWT wants to go and grab a drink. So I text Paul and I said, do you want to come and meet me? So we wow. go oh, and we go to this small little, it, it's over at the Venetian. It's a, it's an Italian place. And so we're hanging out and they have like a little kind of, they, they turn it into, they, they turn it into like a little nightclub and they had DJ. And so we order our drinks and JWT orders a bottle of Dom, right? And they're like Hemi glasses. He's like, no, I just want the bottle. He was drinking out of the <laughs> bottle. Of Seriously? Yeah. That, that oh, was, it was amazing. That, it, it just, it that was just is, so old school. That's an image. It was so that's old school. A, oh, that's and awesome. he literally was like hanging out with a bottle of dump, just drinking it. And I was like, wow. I'm like, if that's not oh. gangster, I don't know what is. That is impressive. And that's so funny because John is the ultimate, like he's so polished, right? He's yes. so... Yeah, I mean, so present and everything else. That's a great image. I love yeah, that. Yeah, so it was, it was it was one of my favorite nights of uh, hanging out with JWT. That's cool. Yeah. And you guys spend time with them now too, right? At Evotech, you guys do stuff with them? So, or- yeah, so I, I was texting with them the other day on we're doing some events with Lightspeed. Um, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I remember so, you telling me that. Yeah, that's great. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to get a little bit more connected with them. And, uh, you know, he's so yeah, cool. Yeah, that's he's awesome. So, he's it's so cool, cool that you guys are bringing 
bringing all this new technology to sort of, you know, from the venture community to to customers. I think that's a great, great model. So, so I got Nick and uh, Mark Campbell connected. Oh, nice. All right. So I, I, I was talking, I, I flew out to see Nick two and a half years ago, telling him. Yeah, we had lunch at that Evo, restaurant. Yep. The yeah, whole Evotech lab story and what I want to actually do. And, and I love Nick, that idea. Yeah, Nick loved the idea. And he's like, let me know if I could help. And I just let me let me launch yeah. it first. It's been really successful. That's awesome. Yeah. That's re- I think it fills a need in the market. I think it's really cool. Yeah, so we're, we're you know, and I'm also texting with Enrique on trying to actually bring Bain into, because a lot of what we do yeah. is, is emerging cybersecurity. Right, right. And he's the, the king or one of the kings of cybersecurity. So <laughs> I, I've just never met it. I think you nailed it. I, I never met anybody with so much charisma and, and so much energy. And if you ever meet him, his hands, they're baseball mitts. Right? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's they really are. And, are you talking about Enrique? Enrique. Yeah. And he, he definitely has a lot of energy. <laughs> I, I don't know yeah. if you know this. And he, oh. He, he, he was a linebacker. He played, uh, he went to school at Yale or? At Dartmouth. Dartmouth, I think. Dartmouth. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I didn't know he played football. That's awesome. Wow. He, yeah, that's, and, and you know, I, I think what's cool about him and actually a lot of these guys, but Enrique, more recently, he's at Bain Capital Ventures and they're an investor. And like, yeah, he, he just still will do the work. Like he'll, he got on a webinar with us about, you know, security companies, you know, like, like, I mean, it's like the guy has been CEO of a big public company. He's made tons of money and he's doing a webinar with us. I mean, it's like amazing. That's awesome. I love people like that, that are still willing to do the work. They're not above it. They're not, yep. you know, they don't have a big ego or whatever, you know, he, he really is very impressive. The most impressive thing about Enrique, Enrique could go out until six o'clock in the morning. Oh, he, it's and insane. He, and he has a keynote at 8 a.m. He is he and, can, does not sleep at all. And, it's crazy. And you're like, there's no way he's going to be able to do a good keynote. And then he nails the keynote, and it's like, wow. He that is he has something there. It's it's, it's really like he's just totally genetically different than me. I I I lie sleep seven eight hours every night. I'm uh, I need my rest. Well, I think so. you, like you said, Nick, there's superpowers that people have, and uh, that's that's his. That's his for sure. Hey, what are you guys doing? So you guys are are you know both CEOs. What what we've been through, uh, whatever eight eight months of of uh, sort of this uh, pandemic, and we're looking at more coming up. Uh, what what do you guys think has been the biggest takeaway from a CEO perspective? You're thinking about your team and, and everything. Maybe Nick, why don't you start? Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's so, I mean, you definitely could write like five books on on the learnings, right? I think we all had to, like I said, we had to be much more human as leaders and be more transparent and be more empathetic. I think the newer one I've, I've taken away something a little bit newer for me is um, this is always true, but especially right now it's, you can't generalize on what employees want as some kind of uniform group. Mm -hmm. So like the the example I'd give you is um, I love working from home. I really do. And I know not every CEO does. I love working. It's actually like my whole thing is I love it. Uh, and I definitely want to go into the office from time to time. And um, a lot of people, I think in the Bay Area in particular, because commutes are so bad and stuff like that, a lot of people really like this new flexibility. Um, and I was on a call. I do like roundtables every week with different you know people in Gainsight. And, you know, I was roundtable on Monday. I was like, so what 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 do you miss? What, what What's the number one thing on your mind? Everyone's like, I miss the office. I miss the office. And they were in a, one of our Midwest offices in St. Louis. And so I think it's too easy to generalize and say, everyone wants to work from home. Everyone wants to go to the office. Everyone wants this. People are each individually unique, individually human. And you got to, as a CEO, kind of like really 
put your take your hat off and put on the hat of each of those employees as you think of a decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that's a good one. I think I think you were, you were actually talking to the CEO of, of uh, Todd with, about that too, right? About like yeah. some of the technology we're, challenges that 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 is going to bring us where like half of the employee base is working from home and half are working at the office and how do it's you It's going to be so complicated. Like, yeah. How do you do a meeting like the, the I love that whole concept of the flattening where we have meetings now where everyone's the same playing field, right? We're all totally, we're all on totally, the Zoom, right? Yeah. But you know, when you're when you're half in a conference room, the conference room takes over, and the people oh, on the completely. phone are like, "Who can, who's on the phone?" You know, <laughs> yeah, who said it? And like somebody, and literally, the worst is like if you're the person dialed in, and then people are like laughing. You can't tell if they're laughing at you, or they're <laughs> laughing at something else that was said, and it's it's um it's really, really miserable experience being the remote person yeah. for an in person meeting. Yeah, we have to figure that out. I don't yes. think anyone's figured that out. Some yet. of that new, like, uh, there's that new kind of 3D uh, conferencing technology is looking kind of interesting. The CEO of um, oh, that's interesting, Peggy Johnson from Qualcomm. She oh yeah, I'm forgetting the name of it. It's like Magic or uh, shoot, Magic Leap that one or no? Something, yeah, mm-hmm. is that it? Um, it's something. It's in. It's know. over in Florida, and they're doing like this. Yeah, 3D. Magic Leap. Magic Leap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. And and um, uh, she was at Microsoft for for a while, and then right. She just joined that CEO, well yeah. and they're doing kind of this 3D. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it, it could be some neat stuff coming down the pipe on that. I agree. Lots yeah. of, what lots do you of think, innovation. Susan? You know, so so for for us, it, it, you know, one of the things we wanted to actually do, Nick, is is make our employees feel safe, right? I, I'm a, I'm a mm-hmm. big believer if, if people feel stressed, uh, they're not going to be able to give a hundred percent of totally of, of what they can be giving so what we did is early on uh you know we met from a leadership team standpoint and we got everybody together in all hands meeting and we basically said hey listen you know what what we're going to actually make sure of is 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 that everybody we're not going to cut comp right we're not going to cut benefits As a matter of fact we're increasing our benefits and wow. uh, we want to make sure that everybody here has a job this is not a time for us to all go on vacation so we all are all going to do this together or we're going to all fail together and if we run evotech at zero profit this year but we keep all our employees we're successful and you know we're, we're having our best year yet we'll, we'll probably we'll probably double up this year from a revenue standpoint that's incredible right? but wow. I, i'm a big believer that you know i love what you said is is being vulnerable so you know, probably my third town hall. So we we do a monthly town hall now, and our third town hall. We, I, you know, one of my slides, my 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 third slide was, I had this, you know, this person that looked really stressed, and it's like mental health is real, right? Yeah. And we did exactly. we do we do mental health days off, right? And you know, the we big thing is yeah. bring it up as a conversation, because you know people are not all coping well with this. Right, everybody's exactly. coping with it differently. I think you and me are are, are thriving because I like being at home. I'm walking. I'm I'm mm-hmm. mentally. Mm-hmm. Me too. I'm not yeah. traveling all the time, which has been great. For Same me. with me. Yeah, but there's great. other people that from a you know their whole social world is work, and totally. if they're not around people, you know we we have we have 33 million Americans that live by themselves uh, over the age of 18, right? And uh, there's a lot of loneliness. There's a lot of mental health issues. There's a lot, there's totally. a lot of things that could go very wrong. So you know what? You know we're trying to be very proactive. And I probably call five to seven of my employees every day just to say, "Hey, yeah, 
How are you doing? That's so awesome. What's going That's on? So great. You know, let's catch yeah. up. And they and they sometimes want to go right into work. And I'm like, I don't care about the work. How are you doing? Right. You're such a great lead. That's awesome, man. That's really, I love that. And I totally agree with you. I think that loneliness is a big challenge. And unfortunately, we're going into another another wave of this stuff again. So it's yeah. like it's gonna get it's gonna get worse before it gets better. Uh, wait, so. wait, wait, Nick. Caesar never calls me. So. Because I, <laughs> <laughs> I know I know Paul's doing well. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm just teasing. Paul's got his Twitter Twitter friends to keep him. Exactly. I, I by the way, speaking of that, by the way, unfortunately, I do have a, to go in a, no, in a minute. Absolutely, no, no. We will let you go. Yeah. yeah. Super fun, guys. You guys, this is awesome. Definitely uh, even more, uh, much more engaging than my t- typical podcast interview. It really, it was so fun seeing you both. I really loved it. Yeah, thank you, Nick. It's it's been great, and, and look forward to keeping uh, tabs on you and and seeing where you go. And like like your parents yeah. say, you know, just what are you going to do next, and and all that, and because it's not good enough. That's awesome, yeah. <laughs> and see, yeah, exactly. And, I, I and Caesar will remember every de- he'll remember every detail. So yeah. he'll say, "Remember when we did the Zoom call in 2020, 30 years ago?" And you, hey. in seven minutes in, said that, "Yeah, it's going to be great." Hey, hey Nick, <laughs> I still think there's a chance for you to be a doctor, right? I, I'm, I, I I'm think you should go back it. to med school. I, I think you should go back, and uh, you know, it, it, well, it, the did, problem. Did your parents want you to be like is, a doctor or a lawyer? Was oh, that the, doctor for sure. But the, the, the problem is the new. The, this is my final comment. It, 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 many Indian Americans, including us, are very excited about Kamala Harris as vice president, and that the bar has just been raised for all Indian Americans <laughs> now because it's like if you're not vice president, then what are you doing? So yeah, yeah so, we, so we have I, some. Uh, I'm going to send you out an article. That they basically say the second worst profession today is a doctor. And the, no, re- it's, it's, uh, and the, and the reason why it's is tough. because the insurance companies actually own oh. all the billing, but you do not become cash flow positive until you're 48 years old, because of all oh the all the education all the and, and, right, yeah, and right, right. And that is crazy. Right. I'm going to send you that Great article. You guys. I'm going to send you that right. article so you can send it to your parents. I'll send it to my mom. Thanks a <laughs> lot, Nick. Appreciate it. Awesome seeing you both. Thanks so much. Bye. All right. Bye. Cloudflare provides a scalable, easy-to-use, unified control plane to deliver security, performance, and reliability for websites, applications, and APIs. Trusted by over 26 million internet properties, Cloudflare's platform protects and accelerates any internet application online without adding hardware, installing software, or changing a line of code. For more information, contact your local Evotech representative and ask to set up a meeting with Cloudflare today. Or email evotech at cloudflare.com.